Good afternoon and welcome to the August 1st of 2023 Lawrence City Commission meeting. We will begin with a few words from, from Sherry, our city clerk. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. If you are attending this meeting via Zoom, please ensure you are muted and your video is off when you are not actively participating in the meeting. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat. All chats go directly to the meeting host. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. When the mayor calls for public comment, those attending in person should approach the podium to indicate they wish to speak. Those participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. Please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. Participants will be called upon in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. Please state your name before speaking and all comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you, Sherry. I would like to start by reminding folks that today is election day for our primary, for our uh, city commission as well as our school board. And I would encourage anybody who has not voted yet to get out there and vote. You have till seven o'clock. So we sure need you to participate. So we'll start off by approval of the agenda. The city commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Do I have any commissioners that want to change the agenda? Nope. Move to approve the agenda. Second. I have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. Our next on our items is uh, proclamations. And we have a proclamation tonight for the National Health Center Week. And I believe we have some folks who want to talk about that. Hi, Liz. Hi. I'm Elizabeth Keeper, and I have the honor of being the Chief Development Officer of Heartland Community Health Center. Commissioners, thank you for recognizing August 6th through 11th as National Health Center Week. Today, I have the honor to stand before you to emphasize the significance of celebrating National Health Center Week. This annual event provides us with a unique opportunity to recognize and appreciate the vital role that federally qualified health centers like Heartland Community Health Center play in our community. First and foremost, health centers are pillars of primary care and wellness across the country and in our neighborhoods. Heartland and health centers like us offer a wide range of services, including preventative care, chronic disease management, dental, and mental health services. We are frontline providers reaching out to the most vulnerable members of our community and underserved populations, ensuring that everyone has access to quality care, regardless of their background, insurance status, and ability to pay. We also are the provider of choice, providing quality primary care, dental, and behavioral health. In fact, one in 11 people in the United States get their health care from a community health center, including 20,349 area residents right here in our community. National Health Center Week isn't just about acknowledging the organization. It's about appreciating the dedicated health care professionals who work tirelessly to improve our community's well-being. From doctors, dentists, therapists, pharmacists, nurses, and the administrative staff and board of directors, these 153 employees demonstrate unwavering commitment to care in Lawrence and the surrounding area. These efforts deserve recognition and gratitude as they go above and beyond to make a difference in people's life. Because Heartland acts as a crucial bridge to care in our community. We promote health education and preventative measures that address social determinants of health. Uh, while developing new approaches to integrating a wide range of services beyond primary care to meet the needs and challenges of our community. 
For example, across the country, health centers like Heartland have uh, more than doubled our behavioral health workforce in the last decade to meet America's growing health mental health concerns. Last year, Heartland provided behavioral health services to 4,498 patients. Celebrating National Health Center Week is also an opportunity to raise awareness about the continued support and funding for these vital organizations. As we face challenges in healthcare landscape, health centers remain a beacon of hope for those in need. And by highlighting the contributions that these organizations give, we're giving the opportunity for policymakers and stakeholders to invest in these organizations uh, and to make sure that resources in our community uh, are available today and in our community's greatest time of need. For example, when faced with emergencies, natural disasters, and most recently, pandemics. We become essential in providing healthcare services, testing, and support to affected communities. We are seeing this now more than ever as our community faces the challenges with substance use. Last year, Heartland provided medical-assisted treatment for 504 patients, including 232, which were diagnosed with an opioid use disorder. In conclusion, National Health Center Week serves as a reminder of the indispensable role that health centers play in our community and our lives. We are beacons of hope, centers for compassion, and we welcome all who need care. By celebrating this week, we not only express our gratitude to the tireless and dedicated staff, we commit ourselves to the idea that everyone deserves quality health care, and it's a fundamental right for all. So thank you for joining us in your support and celebrating these champions of health and well-being. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Okay, I'll read the proclamation. Nearly 10,000 Douglas County residents are uninsured, disproportionately impacting residents based on their race and ethnicity, place, age, and income, and federally qualified community health care centers like Heartland have provide a high quality, affordable, comprehensive, primary and preventative health care in medically underserved communities. As the, country's, as the country's largest primary care network, community health centers are the health care home for over 30 million Americans, including 20,394 residents served by Heartland last year. And whereas health centers develop new approaches to integrating a wide range of services beyond primary care, including oral health, behavioral health, and pharmacy services, to meet the needs and challenges of their communities. Health centers have more than doubled their behavioral health workforce in the last decade to meet Americans' growing need for behavioral health services. Last year, Heartland provided behavioral health services to 4,498 patients. And whereas the community health centers are governed by patient majority boards, ensuring that patients are engaged in their own health care decisions. This model continues to prove an effective means of overcoming barriers to health care access, improving health outcomes, and reducing health care system costs by helping manage patients' chronic conditions, which keeps them out of more expensive health care settings like hospitals and emergency rooms. And whereas community health centers are on the front lines of emerging health care crisis, providing access to care for our nation's veterans, addressing the opiate epidemic, and responding to public health threats in the wake of natural disasters. And whereas during the National Health Center Week, we celebrate the legacy of community health centers and their vital role in shaping the past, the present, and the future of our community health care system. Therefore, I, Lisa Larson, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby designate uh, August 6th through the 12th as uh, 
as National Healthcare Week, and we encourage all Lawrence residents to take part in this week by supporting their local health healthcare centers, celebrating the important relationship between community health centers and those that they serve. So thank you very much, Liz. Thank you. Thanks. All right, we'll move on to um, uh, proclamation, or I'm sorry, public comment item C. The public is allowed to speak on issues or items that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. Comments should be limited to issues and items germane to the business of the governing body. The commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during e this time. Each person will be limited to three minutes. Do we have any general public comment? Good evening, Mayor and Commissioners, uh, Mayor and Commissioners. My name is Katie Welsh. I live at 732 Rhode Island. And um, I just wanted to thank you and staff for all your work you do for the community and how I'm so sorry you've experienced so much abuse in this room in the past couple years. So stay strong. But I have a question. I noticed in the paper that um, the city is doing a complete survey of the old dead mall and city offices and the Marriott. And the people, uh, the Board of East Lawrence is just curious about why are you surveying it? Is this in preparation to buy the mall? Is there, is this just routine? So you don't have to answer that tonight, but we would like to know. Thank you. Thank you, KT. We'll find that out. Any other general public comment? Yeah, this is um, Chris Flowers, and I, I would just... I, I'm here to advocate that we do away with our ordinance that prohibits more than three unrelated uh, people from living together, like from the renters living together. Um, I'm, I, I like to call it the golden girl rule because the golden girls did an episode about it and they, they basically, they, they found a legal loophole around it, but we need to do away with that ordinance. And here's why, is we, we're in a housing crisis, yeah, and we have houses that are built for more than three people. So why aren't we letting more than three people live in those houses that were built to house more than three people? So, and I would just like to say, I, I don't know if I'll make it through to the next round, but if I do, this will be an issue I'm gonna be bringing up. And I think it's just common sense if we're gonna say we don't have enough housing for people that we let the houses that can house more than, than, that, than what they currently house, let them house what they're built for. So expect to hear that if I get through, thank you. You know the general public comment? Hi there, I'm Paula Slater, and I have been waiting and waiting to get up here, but I didn't even know where to park before. I will admit that is a problem out here because I've heard it from other people. I sure would ask, put some signs up so we understand where do we park safely. And those signs out there are only for the wherever. Uh, I, I asked a woman when I came in, am I going to get in trouble? She said no. My main concern, I've been here 10 years. My background is social work and I stay busy always down at the ground level with people. Homeless and low income have been a major uh, focus of mine and sadly uh, for me I'm moving uh, at the end of the month to Wichita. If I'd be here you'd get to know me more. I've been involved. I don't like to hear people give a comment, a judge, judgment about, oh, they're doing good or they're doing bad, unless they actually put their feet into it. 
and I've worked with Lynx. I helped out at the winter shelter this year. I gave things to the winter shelter before. I've gone to the fenced side and the unfenced side, visited people. The pallet housing, I've visited with people. I, I kind of go back and forth. I give it all about a five. It seems good. What I give the best quality to was last year's winter shelter that I called behind the hospital and by Burt Nash. The one this winter seems like it was such a throw together stupid thing when we knew it was coming. I gave several times there. The people, it worked out okay, but it was not properly handled ahead of time. It was very surprising to see it so poorly, but yet the people that helped gave good help and it was there. Now going out to the housing areas, I am surprised I did approve what I heard of, people I spoke with the other day in the fenced side. I don't know if I really accept that. I think there's always bits I don't know for sure yet. And, but at least I did see they have, they have food available. They've got their showers. When people are saying, well, we don't have any food, we don't have a place to take a shower, I found out, my gosh, they can go down to the, the uh, what do we call it, the parks? It's where the winter shelter was, you guys, I'm still new. The community buildings. They can go what, to the Salvation Army. I work out at Ballard some of the time. I've had to tell them over and over, just make a phone call. You can come in there and get some clothes. You can get some food, but they don't let you just walk in. So I am proud. We have a lot of people working on this. My hope is that the pallet housing is going to, that is a big, big disappointment that it didn't get into action. We knew it was coming, how it didn't get planned. You guys know more than I do. And especially, I never knew what happened with the Haskell place. I thought that was an A plus uh, near the housing authority, Time. near independence. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Paula. Other general public comment? told you I was going to do that. Kirk can focus on an appropriate screen. That the podium is well, now blank. Pardon me? Kirk can switch to a different screen. He can zoom in on me from a different no, screen. We, we need to have that back the way it was. Wait a minute. We need to have that back like it was. And he needs to not manipulate the feed. I sent an email. We need to have it back like it was. That out. He needs to not manipulate the feed. Put it back. The podium can be raised and lowered to change. Yes. He needs to not manipulate the feed. Nobody responded to me last week when I sent in that complaint about Kurt and his bias on the feed. And since nobody responded, I told you I was going to take that down. If anybody has any questions, you can go back and watch last week's video and see what I'm talking about. I don't need to raise the podium. He's got a camera right there he can use. I can help understand what's going on out at the homeless camp because I do have feet on the ground. I posted two videos talking about why Pallet will fail. Pallet will fail because the city does not have a service provider to manage Pallet. Can you see what he's doing? That's nice. He's got all these other cameras he can use, but we won't spend time on him tonight. We'll deal with that in court later, because those things are coming, guys. 
um, pallet is going to fail, number one, because you don't have any service providers that are willing to bid on your contract because the contract is too heavily laden with city controls. That's literally the word that came back from the service providers. We have an example of what city controls looks like out at the North Lawrence camp where trespassing is discretionarily um, approached at best. Advocates who, supportive advocates who help those people have been kicked out of there. But a man who was trespassed out of there was allowed to go into the camp, antagonize and harass people. He suspected of raping another individual. Staff would not make him leave. Staff would not step in to do anything about that. And Vance is in jail now because he protected his community. Today I put up a live feed and I equated this for you guys so that you can understand it. Somebody's in your screened in front porch because that's what you've created out there with that fence. That's their screened in front porch that's supposed to be secure according to city staff. And advocates are thrown out quick but we've never harmed anybody. But that's his screened-in front porch. So somebody's on your screened-in front porch threatening you, making your wife uneasy. And there's a strong suspicion that he raped your neighbor. How are you going to handle that? Nobody else is coming to help you. You got a guy trying to fight you right there, but you guys got this guy in jail right now. A military veteran without a criminal record defending his camp. He's busy typing. He can't listen. <clears throat> it's pathetic. And you guys continue. Every week we see in here, and we hear people talk about the abuse that you receive. Guys, they signed up for this. They ran for election. They wanted this. All they have to do is let us speak for three minutes. Bart Littlejohn has made an issue out of it. Lisa Larson's made an issue out of it. Courtney Shipley's made an issue out of it. All three of them, when they sit in the middle chair. And I'll just point out, I just mentioned three commissioners. I did not get shut down, Chris. That's the hypocrisy. Other public comment? From there, if not, we'll go to Zoom. Stacy Knoll. You're, you're muted, I believe. We can't hear you, Stacy. We still can't hear you, sorry. Are we on, on okay? Yeah, I'm gonna make sure this is not. We still, yeah, we're not hearing you. No. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. Hang in there just a second. We're working on it. <laughs> there we go. I like that. <laughs> Kurt, can you? I, look. Oh, you got it. Okay. Is this, are we here? Yes? No? Almost. 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 There we go. Hello. Yes, Stacy. Hey, fantastic. Let me start my timer over again. I was trying, or, or someone will keep time for me? Yes, we will. Okay. 
Hi, my name is Stacy Nell, and I am. Uh, I want to thank the mayor and the commissioners for giving us public comment time. I am actually here in my capacity as the executive director of the Kansas African American Affairs Commission. Uh, you might be asking, why is the executive director of the Kansas African American Affairs Commission at Lawrence Kansas City Commissioner meeting? But I'm here to provide support for the Crown Act that I know is being that we're seeking to pass on the, the Lawrence level. Uh, similar bills have tried to make their way through the state legislature. We can't seem to get it passed at the state legislature. So I fully support the idea of having these bills passed as local ordinances. And so I wanted to lend my voice to support passage of such a bill. Uh, rather than giving some sort of formal declaration or some sort of formal testimony, I want to take time to give my own story about how I decided to deal with my own hair. I cannot ever remember a time as a child where I had natural hair. I'm of the generation where the only thing that was considered good hair was relaxed straight hair. So I grew up having relaxed straight hair. It wasn't until I was in my 40s and had children, uh, I remember very clearly my children who themselves have big curly dark hair. About at two years old, my daughter went to a birthday party and there were some pictures that were taken. And when I got those pictures back, it struck me how different she looked from the rest of her little blonde friends with their stick straight hair. At the time, I was wearing my hair alternately relaxed in a straight in a straight style, or if I had extensions in, they were straight extensions. And I remember my daughter was about two years old, and she looked at me one day and she said, "Mama, I want hair like yours. I want princess hair." And I remember that that sentence wasn't quite even come, done coming out of her mouth. I knew exactly what she wanted. She said she was telling me that she wanted straight hair. And I knew that my little baby girl was never going to have straight hair unless I did something to it to make it straight. And I remember right then making the decision that I was going to go natural with my hair. Uh, it was a it was a process, but I knew it was the right thing for me. And um, I have been I, I wanted to make this point. I have been asked when I gave testimony in front of the, the Kansas State Legislature. A representative asked me if we pass this Crown Act, will it actually help? Will it make any kind of difference? Similarly, this may not seem as real like it's related, but hang with me. I was at a business a business summit in Newton, Kansas, just last week, where someone who was with a chamber of commerce of a small town out in western Kansas was mentioning, gosh, how can we help to retain our African-American residents? At one time, we had about 30% of our uh, chamber of commerce was black business owners, but now it's, it's reduced. My answer to that and my answer to the state representative is pretty much the same thing. I think... If my two-year-old, when she was two, could be aware, she was aware of the societal and cultural norms that stated that the only good hair was straight hair, or these prejudices that, that are implied, I mean, heavily in our culture, I think all the more reasons that powers that be... Time. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you. Your time's up. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, other general public comment on Zoom? That's all the comments. All right, we'll bring it back to the commission. And we will, hang on, move on to the consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and approved by one motion. There will be no separate discussion on these items. If discussion is desired, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and considered separately. Members of the public wishing to speak on an item that has been pulled off the consent agenda will be limited to three minutes for comments. Any items that a commissioner wants to pull off the consent agenda? If not, I'll go to the audience, the public. Uh I go ahead and pull D7G oh, off. 
sorry. I'm sorry. Do you mind repeating that, Commissioner Finkeldye? What? Do you mind repeating the uh, D7G. Thank you. Okay. Any um, any other commissioner have anything they want to pull? <laughs> All right. We'll go to the audits. Uh, anybody in the in the room want to have anything pulled? If not, we'll go to Zoom. No one on Zoom there. Okay. Then we'll bring it back to the commission and ask for a motion. We have just one more comment. Sure. I couldn't. My email was not responding today. Um, it, it's about the uh, sale and possession and consumption of alcohol. I'm not pulling it, um, but it used to be, this is maybe more direction for Brandon because I don't know if Mason's on. Uh, it used to be they would show us the application and the maps, and they haven't been doing that for a while, and that's just like really useful to us, especially when hear, we hear from neighbors about what the plans are. Um, and so I just thought I would throw that um, just bit of helpfulness. Thanks. Appreciate that. Okay. And move for approval of the consent agenda with the exception of D7G. Second. I got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? It passes 5 to 0. So we'll move on to D7G, which is consider adopting resolution number 7496, amending rules and procedures governing meetings of the governing body and repealing resolution 7451. Um, thank you, Mayor. I pulled this. Um, because we were getting, I was getting quite a few comments from folks in the community, including some questions, and so um, thought it'd be something worth discussing. But one of those um, was some questions related to some what quasi-judicial is compared to legislative, and and I try to give my best explanation of that. But thought that might be useful, and um, how we might see that going forward. Okay. Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. I can I can discuss that. A legislative item is something that applies to the whole city as a whole and is generally prospective in nature. So it would be something like passing a brand new law that would go into the city code. Something that is quasi-judicial is where you are applying the, you hear the facts and you apply the city code to those facts to determine whether somebody's rights are, are being are being infringed or whether they're entitled to what it is they're seeking. So basically it involves somebody's property interest rights, typically could be a liberty interest rights, but those are things that implicate due process of the 14th Amendment, and those those are what quasi-judicial is. So you basically, if you're kind of sitting as a quasi-judicial body, you're hearing facts, you're making decisions regarding the credibility of those facts, you apply the law to those facts and reach a decision. And that's what a quasi-judicial proceeding is. And some examples I could think of would be quite a few of the zoning issues. Obviously, most zoning decisions, like you said, BZA, maybe um, issues related to condemnation. Absolutely. Um, it would be uh, zoning, special use permits. Uh, licenses, if we re try to revoke a license or there's an appeal regarding license. If there's an appeal uh, involving like property maintenance code, some of those types of deals that involve property rights or liberty rights, then, then that's quasi-judicial. Okay. 
I have some comments, but I think those are my questions. I wanted to be sure to get out there. I had a question. Um, Randy, so uh, even though the public won't be able to pull some items off the consent agenda, they can still request that they be pulled through their commissioner. Is that correct? But as Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney, absolutely, that's, that's what we intend, that to, or that's what's intended there, is that they, that they can they communicate with the, the commissioner, and the commissioner can then pull any item that, that the commissioner so desires to pull, and that's how those be pulled off. Okay, got it. Any other questions for Randy? If not, we'll open it up to public comment. I'll go ahead and go first here because Randy really said it. He, he, he started to slip there when he said that was the intent behind it. That, that's very key to what's happening here because these changes to consent, it's, it's difficult to get the timing on this because a few weeks ago I came in here frustrated with the way that you guys don't listen to us and, and try to throw people out of here and refuse to acknowledge the issues that we bring to you. And I pulled an entire item E, it had several numbers in it. I could have taken 27 minutes that night to talk. Three minutes for each single item. I could have done that. I spent two minutes to make a point that the citizens have the ability to come in here and tell you things. And this all goes right back to the fact that there's three people up there that have repeatedly not been able to sit for three minutes and listen to the public that you work for. That is terribly important. And it's terribly disheartening that you guys won't do that. It's terribly disheartening that there's only one of you up there that will even engage legitimately with people. That's, that's terribly in, in disencouraging and discouraging about this. This is supposed to be government of the people. And, and the intent behind it is clear. That was the intent behind it. Now we can contact you to have something pulled, but as, as the attorney said, it's gonna be up to your desire. So honestly, if I was to contact Courtney Shipley and ask her to pull something from the consent, does anybody in this room really think that's gonna happen? But I guarantee that if Ted Boyle calls in and wants something pulled, that will happen. See, this is the discretionary authority that the city is taking, the same as the police do. It's discretionary. You're enhancing the discretionary ability of this commission to control the public speak. And that is against what we stand for as a country, as a county, as a state, as a city. When you took an oath, you took an oath not only to the U.S. Constitution, but to the state constitution, the city bylaws, which all reinforce the, city, the state and national constitutions. Every single one of you have. And the problem is, is there's a lot of times here in the recent past, well within two years, where you guys have ignored your oaths and gone against them. Those things are gonna come back to haunt you legally. And these moves like this are gonna be more evidence that this body did not wanna hear from the public. We've brought legitimate issues to you. You have a police chief that lies, but you won't hear that. He's on, he's on video doing it, but you don't acknowledge it. You guys are gonna do what you're gonna do. I'm assuming that this is gonna pass five nothing, but I'll still be here every week. Other public comment? Yeah, this is Chris Flowers. I called today 
Um, and I asked which, who was the, because th it takes three to direct staff to bring, you know, to bring something. And I asked who was the third that okayed it. Because if you go back and watch the video, the mayor brought it up and then Lil John okayed it, but none of the other three said something. And I'm just asking because if I do go on to the next round, uh, I mean, I'm going to assume that all three of you wanted this brought back and you wanted to have, uh, take away the more of the public's uh, free speech. Um, it's not a popular thing. I, I don't think most of the town would want you doing this if, if you just asked them. And so I, I want the three candidates that are running, and I, I just for, I, I want you all to admit that you brought this back. Because right now it's staff's discretion that you seen by from the body language that you seem that you were all in consensus consensus that you want it brought back. And here's something else I I honestly don't remember, but wasn't this defeated in the past? So how do we go from this was defeated just last year, and now the mayor wants it brought back, and and what do you know? It, it's not only brought back; it's brought back the very next meeting, and it's brought back on consent, not even a regular agenda item. And that's absolutely fucking bullshit. It is fucking bullshit that this is not a regular agenda item. And you know what else? We need to have a fast meeting tonight because we gotta get us candidates we got to get to the election office for the party for the interviews with the news media so we have to have a fast meeting is that why this was on consent because here's something else I asked we're bringing back that plastic bag ban and I believe Sellers last meeting um, she questioned about who was the third uh, person consenting on that one so if, if she can question that I, I hope she can uh, you know say that she she wanted this one brought back tonight uh, but going back to the consent I think it's kind of bogus to be putting something on consent that should be on regular agenda item and I and if you bring back that plastic bag ban I, I bet you for sure that that's going to be on the regular agenda item. So I ask you this, is free speech, is this something that's not controversial? Is this something that actually deserves to be on the consent? Because by putting it on the consent, that was not reported in the newspapers. I mean, and, and you look, it doesn't really say what, what it does, like in, in, the, uh, in the agenda item. Time. So I ask you to defer. Thank you, Chris. To Thank a, you. A future Who's, um, any other public comment on this item? On Zoom. Stephen Watts. Hi. You know, what manner of nonsense is this in terms of restricting the ability of the public to bring forth matters that need to be discussed <laughs> by pulling matters in the consent agenda? As an example, this matter itself could not have been brought to the attention of the town commission, were it not for Mr. Finkeldye to set the matter aside. Is this just another wanton power grab by a government body in an effort to restrict the abilities? I mean, it's kind of embarrassing 
really, to read this, quote, in support of the city's commitment to effective governments. <laughs> this is a funny stuff. It really is. I mean, denying the ability of the public to come forward and say, hey, let's talk about this. What is the problem? And so, as this passes, if it does, and it looks like it's going to, um, it depends on how much you can kowtow to the members of the town commission in order to get an amen. And if you are not liked, if you do not have a pleasing personality, you will not have anything happen, irrespective of right or wrong. This is a bad, this is a bad move. And you know, you can keep doing this restriction stuff. And what you do is you motivate the, uh, the other opportunities. Do you want people to start going to every community meeting and just throwing in two cents here and there just to take up time as a matter of retribution for what you are discussing here? It's, it's absolutely incredible. Your turn. Any other public comment on Zoom? Uh, that's all the comments, Mayor. All right, we'll bring it back to the commission for discussion. Any any. Any discussion from the commissioners? I did want to double check. Uh, might be a Randy question, but there's nothing in the Kansas Constitution that requires that we allow the public to remove things from consent, is there? You're out of order. You're out of order, sir. Yep. Now you're out of order. You need to leave. Officer, officer. You don't need an officer. Go to hell. That was cheap. That was cheap. Is public comment still available? Uh, for this item? Actually, we closed it. Um, I was standing right here. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you. I was here for something else. Um, but this seems pretty important. Uh, my name is Monroe uh, Hansen. I live here in Lawrence. Um, and I didn't prepare what I was going to say because I was just sitting over there uh, to celebrate uh, Ordinance 9999. Um, but I really think that the public should be able to um, comment on agenda items and that the ability to bring something forward for further discussion shouldn't be um, limited to uh, the people in the seats up there. Um, because sometimes there's something really important that someone has to come say. And a lot of the times, people are shut out from engaging with their officials. So I know there's not a lot of people that come to these meetings. Um, at least that's kind of what it seems like. Um, so if people do want to come and talk with you about something that's important to them, I think they should have that opportunity, and I would hope that you would listen. Thank you very much. Thank you. OK, back up. I'm sorry, back up to the commission here for discussion. Um, Commissioner Shipley, you were saying. I was asking Randy if um, this conflicts with the Kansas Constitution anyway. This is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. It does not 
conflict with Kansas Constitution or the United States Constitution. Most communities do not allow community members to remove items from the consent agenda. We do have a certain number of items that impact uh, property rights or liberty rights, and we need to leave, make, make sure that those are able to be removed by the public for discussion if that's so wanted. But otherwise, this is typical practice for, for the state or the country. Thank you. Randy, this is Commissioner Sellers. I have a follow-up question. Um, to the point that was made earlier about um, articulating quasi-judicial capacity as it relates to consent agenda items, is that something that is nuanced to our form of government, or is that applicable to all different types of form of governments, where it's council mayor, commissioner mayor, council manager, so on and so forth? This is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. It would be applicable to all forms of government in the state. Um, we do have a little more expansive consent agenda in that historically we've put zoning items and other certain items where there was no dispute at the Planning Commission on consent agenda. And if there was no dispute with it or no one pulled it, then it would just go through. But those need at least to have the opportunity for those who are involved or have property rights to be pulled. So that's that's the purpose in that. So items that are typically deemed to be non-controversial in nature could also show up on a consent agenda. Correct. But then if, it's, if it involves somebody's rights or constitutionally protected rights, then it's something that could be pulled by the general public or by a city commission. I just say that you know it's as Randy said it's very uncommon to have consent agendas where people can pull them because the purpose of the consent agenda is to move through the item so you can get to the agenda item and certainly one of the reasons you know I I support this you know even tonight I had some people saying they want to be here on agenda item one and I said well it you know you could be here at 615 you could be we sometimes we get to agenda item one like at nine o'clock at night we don't know when agenda item one is going to come up because of of our process and tonight we actually got there you know we might be in agenda item one by 630 and so I think I mean the whole purpose of the consent agenda is to control your agenda um, and so I support that. You know, I will say that, you know, historically, we didn't put so many, we being the city commission, long before I was on the commission, you know, um, you know, we didn't put as many items on the consent agenda. We kind of got to the point where we've added a lot of things to the consent agenda and figured, well, if anyone has a concern, they'll pull it. Um, and so I do think as we move forward with this process, we want to consider more carefully what we put on our regular agenda and what we put on our consent agenda. And I think something we've talked about before and haven't done is consider um, if we get to a point where there's something that's coming off the consent agenda that we, you know, more, and I don't think we've done it in the four years I've been on, maybe we have once or twice. Um, making a motion to amend the agenda, which we can do at any time, and placing it somewhere on the agenda, again, to control our, our agenda. So if we pull something off the consent agenda, we think it's going to take a while, but we have another two or three items, let's consider, not every time, but consider on a case-by-case -case basis about putting it at the end of the agenda, or maybe after agenda item one, when there's you know, other people here for that, 
because I've heard a lot of people complain that they they are not coming to public comment, they're not coming to speak on agenda items because if they come to an agenda item and they're here four hours later and they haven't got to speak, it discourages them to come back the next week. And so I think we have to get, have more control of our agenda and I think that will help, but I think we're gonna have to be more proactive in what we put on the agenda versus the consent agenda, as well as considering pulling things off the agenda and then rearranging it. I will support this. Any other comments? Um, I would say I appreciate uh, Commissioner Finkeldye's comments in regards to kind of the history and the contextualization of how we've handled consent agenda, some of the processes and nuances that we've dealt with with it. I think in the speaking to those nuances, um, I plan to abstain um, from voting on this matter. Um, I think I've shared multiple on multiple occasions, um, my bias towards having a sense of parliamentary structure. Um, I think I've received multiple rationales for why or why not. And I think to hearing some of the nuances that Commissioner Finkel that I spoke to and how we continue to search and look and figure out how do we need to address this speaks to the fact that if we continue to modge posh this process together, we're never going to get the, the we're never going to get what we want. We're never going to get something that speaks to the essence of what we think our form of government and the flow and function of that should look like. Um, parliamentary procedure is not hard. I'm not asking anyone to take the test and become a national uh, parliamentarian. I took it, missed it by three points, so I'm taking it again. Um, but there are basic aspects to effective and efficient meetings that starts with those on the dais and their commitment to having a, de a democratic process that is shared with the community, that the community understands and recognizes. Um, I don't know if this is it, and I have way too many emotional feelings about this to give a fair and equitable vote of an up or down vote, so I plan to abstain. Other comments, discussion? <coughs> uh, yeah, I, I would probably agree with Commissioner Finkel-Dye that it, it gives us in the community an expectation of what to expect from the con both the consent agenda and the regular agenda. So I think that's probably the most important in my eyes. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I have also heard rather a lot of feedback from the community um, about not understanding uh, the, the flow uh, recently and when to expect to show up for items that are on the regular agenda um, far more than in years past um, and I feel like I need to be responsive to that okay, thanks yeah I'm going to support this um, I have similar thoughts that uh, Commissioner Finkel does as well as uh, Commissioner Shipley brought up because um, I do get quite a bit I've been getting a lot of comments about um, concern of not of not coming to speak um, because of the unknown aspect of when they can speak and also just the the entire tone of, of what's happening and so I'm, I'm supporting this I think it does add a level of, of a little more structure and, and understanding for me anyway so I'm going to support it I'd move to adopt resolution number 7496, amending the rules and procedures governing meetings of the governing body and repealing resolution number 7451. Second. 
Did you say 7496 or 5? Am I reading the wrong one? Uh, 7496, adopting and repealing 7451. Okay, got it, got it. Sorry about that. Missed that. Uh, second? Second. Okay, first and second, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, abstaining? We have one. Did you say opposed? Opposed? Abstain. Yeah. There are no opposed, but I abstain. Yes, that's why. I was going through the proper process of I, nay, abstain. Okay, um, that passes four to one, abstain, and no opposed. Got that, Sherry? <coughs> Thank you. All right, we'll move on to the regular agenda item. Um, this item is a continuation of our Ju July 11th meeting of a public hearing and I'll just read this real quickly here. Receive recommendation from the Public Incentive Review Committee for the request from First Management Inc. for a neighborhood er revitalization area and industrial revenue bond sales tax exemption. Redevelop the property at 700 New Hampshire in Lawrence, Kansas into the corporate headquarters of First Management in a first um, construction. Conduct a public hearing on the establishment of the NRA at 700 New Hampshire. After the public hearing, consider adopting on first reading ordinance number 9940, establishing the revitalization area and approving the NRA plan, and consider adopting resolution of intent number 7450, authorizing the IRB financing for purpose of accessing a sales tax exemption on project construction materials. <coughs> That was a mouthful. Apologize for making the agenda item uh, having to be so long. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. And Kurt, just let me know if I did anything wrong. Got it. This will start at the end. All right. Uh, Mayor, Commissioners, uh, Sam Camp, Economic Development Analyst with the City of Lawrence. Um, tonight we're going to be hearing about an IRB, a, an Industrial Revenue Bond and Neighborhood Revitalization Area Incentive Request for the property at 700 New Hampshire, uh, commonly referred to as the Old Borders Bookstore, um, just to give everyone a frame of reference. Um, tonight I'm going to be going through these uh, items as part of the presentation and then after the city staff presentation, uh, the applicant has a presentation to review the project as well. And then we'll move into questions and comments. Um, so as a brief overview of the project, um, the project will be built on one lot that has been dilapidated for a relatively lengthy period of time, um, approximately a decade, a little over that. Um, the plans um, from the applicant call for a complete interior remodel, uh, construction of a brand new second story addition, um, uh, adding or creating um, in total throughout the property approximately 30,000 square feet of usable space, as well as several exterior finishes or inclusions, as well as the restoration of the historic livery wall on the north side. Um, so tonight's request um, is a 15-year, 65% uh, neighborhood revitalization area rebate. Um, this is a change from the request on July 11th, um, which was a 90% request. Um, I just wanted to note that for the commission and for the public. Um, as well as the industrial revenue bond uh, issuance for a sales tax exemption on construction materials and labor. Uh, for the uh, NRA, um, it is a property tax rebate program. Um, just to review, it has been quite a while since um, the public and the commission has seen an NRA, so just to do a, a quick overview. Um, this does apply to the incremental valuation only. Um, the base property value or the base property tax received by all uh, taxing jurisdictions is shielded, um, and the property owner continues to pay those property taxes uh, 
as well as the increment not covered or rebated um, as part of the application throughout the life of the NRA. Um, so just a quick visualization. Um, this will be the kind of uh, base tax, increment tax, and uh, rebate numbers. Um, the bars are a little hard to read, so the approximate uh, base tax payment across all uh, taxing jurisdictions will be approximately $87,000. Um, that will be continued um, payment through all, uh, through all taxing jurisdictions. Um, the approximate collected increment um, for these taxing jurisdictions at 35% um, is going to be between 16000 and 23000 um, it, it starts at approximately 16 in year one, and then by year 15, um, we're collecting that 23, um, or all, all taxing jurisdictions are collecting that 23,000. And then the 65% um, approximate rebate will start in year one at approximately $29,000 to the applicant, and then end at approximately 44,000. Um, this is just a brief review of all of the NRAs that the city currently has going uh, going on right now. Um, as you can see, we have a mix of infill, uh, mostly infill projects, a lot of uh, historical rehabs, commercial redevelopments, um, affordable housing. So we, we have a lot of variation in, in the past NRA project the city has uh, approved. For the industrial revenue bonds, um, again, this is for a sales tax exemption only on project materials and labor. Um, it is simply a conduit um, financing mechanism. There's no liability on the part of the city um, as part of these bonds, uh, the issuance of the bonds. Um, the estimated sales tax exemption for the city um, will be approximately $18,000. Um, and then that there is, as part of the agreement, um, an IRB origination fee that the applicant has to pay, which will be approximately $16,000 based on the bond issuance amount. Um, so through the cost-benefit analysis, um, reviewing both the IRB and the NRA, um, the ratio to the city is approximately 1.14, um, with about 18,000 in that IRB sales tax, and then 161,000 um, across the 15 years um, for a total of 180,000 um, as part of the city. Uh, the financial or but-for gap analysis conducted by uh, the National Development Council, or NDC, uh, reports that uh, the incentive request is reasonable um, to alleviate challenges with construction and debt service of the upfront costs. Um, some additional considerations for the project. Um, it's in alignment with economic development policy, um, which is in the technical report, as well as the downtown master plan and plan 2040. Um, it meets the city's goal of increasing adaptive reuse um, and infill and providing employment opportunities um, across the two companies, first management and first construction. Um, there will be approximately 21 new jobs um, with salaries ranging between 50 and 120,000, um, which are all well above the city's current uh, uh, median um, individual salary of about approximately thirty four thirty five thousand um, with a as well as the redevelopment of a historically underutilized parcel into uh, back into productive use as well as the historic uh, components that are existing on the property. 
um, its staff recommendation that the project meets the requirements for the NRA, as well as the IRB incentive requests as, and achieves city's goals. Um, on the part of the Public Incentives Review Committee, at their meeting they voted two to three against the motion. Um, I know there was some clarification on that. Um, to recommend the NRA portion of the request, um, it should be noted that this was at the 90% uh, level of the request originally, um, and they voted four to one uh, for the motion to recommend the IRB incentive request. Uh, the next steps, as the mayor said, are to adopt on first reading the ordinance for the NRA area, uh, to establish the NRA area, as well as uh, adopt the plan, as well as the adoption of the resolution of intent um, to authorize the IRB issuance. Um, all. Uh, for NRAs, all taxing jurisdictions um, consider their participation separately. Um, so the next steps will be uh, the county commission will have to consider their level of participation at their next available meeting. Um, the school district, uh, USD 497, will have to consider their participation. And then it will come back to the city commission for a second reading on the NRA um, for final adoption of the ordinance. Okay. And with that, I will bring it over to the applicant. Okay. Uh, my name is Doug Compton. Um, first of all, I want to thank the mayor, the commission, and city staff for taking the time tonight to hear our project. Um, I'm just going to give a little quick um, overview of our company and the project, um, and then Brandy Sutton from my office is going to follow up with some other details. Um, I founded the company in 1991 with six employees. Um, in 2005, we broke off the construction division to start first construction. First management and first construction share ownership at the corporate headquarters. 32 years later, we have over 80 employees and need to grow. We were located downtown at 9th and New Hampshire Street. We outgrew that space and we built a new facility at uh, 1823, North 1823 Road, which is north of the TP Junction. We then outgrew that space um, and we needed a larger headquarters, so we uh, we decided to uh, use the Borders Bookstore as an opportunity to give us enough space to grow. Um, slide two is uh, the Borders Building. Uh, we've identified the Borders Building for a new joint corporate headquarters. The building has been abandoned since uh, 2011 when Borders <coughs> closed. Several projects have been proposed for the location, and none of them have come fruition. The building sits on the northwest corner of 7th and New Hampshire Street, and it's half of the city block. The delivery stable wall, the delivery stable wall was preserved and incorporated into the building when the borders was built. As you can see in the photo, the wall is in poor condition. We intend to preserve the wall and make needed repairs. The interior hasn't changed since borders vacated 13 years ago. History of the projects. In 2011, borders closed. May 26, 2015, an investment group, including myself, bought the Borders Bookstore building. September of 2015, we announced plans to bring a grocery store 
in December of 2016, we were sued by the neighbors to prevent a grocery store. In April of 2017, Price Chopper commits to the grocery store and apartments with a 15% being affordable housing. June of 2017, the neighbors lost their lawsuit at district court level and appealed. 2017, the application was filed with the city to proceed with the grocery store. May, May of 2018, neighbors lost their lawsuit at the Court of Appeals and they appealed to the Supreme Court. March of 2020, COVID closures. June of 2020, the neighbors lost at the Supreme Court. In September 2022, I bought all my other partners out. The restoration, retain the overall character of the property, retain existing footprint to avoid encroaching an adjoining residential neighborhood, restoration of exterior, exterior including tuck pointing and painting, a new roof, mechanical and electrical, addition of a second story inside without changing the exterior of the outside of the building, preserve of the preservation of the historic livery wall, and compliance with the guidelines of the downtown Lawrence plan in Horizon 2020. The state of building, uh, we are uh, repurposing the existing building. On the side, you can see some of the um, methods we're using during construction. Diversity, our construction company um, Projects include requiring that 26% of our subcontractors be minority and or women owned. We'll be using a lot of these same vendors on this project. Jobs, 25% growth for first manager, first construction staff, seven full-time employees with salaries ranging from 90 to $120,000, 14 full-time employees with salaries ranging from 50 to 70,000, 141% to 339% of the media income per capita, per capita income. 100 to 120 temporary jobs during construction, increasing jobs for our local business partners. You want to follow, Brandy? And then I can come back for questions if you want to ask me any questions. Thank you, Doug. Good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. I'd like to talk briefly about how this aligns with the city goals. This aligns with the city's economic development policy as well as the downtown Lawrence master plan. It is a high priority site given its location in the abandonment. It has also been designated as an opportunity site by the downtown master plan and is also located in an economic opportunity zone. Redevelopment of a currently dilapidated structure while preserving the historic integrity of the livery wall should be a priority. While the downtown master plan specifically states the building should be raised, scraped, and completely rebuilt. This will increase the appraised value of the property and surrounding properties, increasing tax revenue. This project promotes infill development and supports economic and social vibrancy of downtown Lawrence by bringing our employees and clients downtown to shop, dine, and spend their afternoons. This also emphasizes downtown as an employment destination and cultural center of the city. It creates new jobs that are well in excess of the current living wage. This project will be approximately $5.1 million investment in the building and equipment. It will also spur residential development from new employees being brought into Lawrence. It increases opportunities for our local construction sector 
partners, uh, we already have identified several local businesses that will be working on the construction project. It increases the local median income, increases sales tax revenue, and provides increased economic support for other downtown businesses. This is a challenging project in a good year. Uh, COVID exacerbated that, as we saw by the loss of interest by any grocery store to locate into this facility. COVID also created closures for KU, which directly impacted the revenue of first management as their income is dependent upon occupancy levels at residential renters. renters. In early 2020, KU delayed the start of the school year and transitioned to online learning and did not announce reopening until August of 2021. For first construction, this resulted in increased material prices, supply chain delivery problems, and a lack of available labor resulting in cancellation of projects. As we see interest rates rise, this is also causing cancellation and postponing of projects. The increase in interest rates has also vastly impacted the financial scope of this project from beginning until now. By seeing that increase in interest rates, it's increasing the bottom line, as well as increasing the cost of construction materials. After receiving feedback from PERC and hearing from the public, we have revised our request to a 15-year, 65% NRA. We are also requesting industrial revenue bonds for sales tax exemption on the construction materials and labor. And we're happy to answer any questions the commission might have. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you. Any questions for staff or the applicant? Uh, I just had a quick one. Uh, yeah. Uh, and thank you for the presentation, both staff and to uh, first management as well. Um, during the construction of it, would there be any sort of emphasis or um, um, desire to go ahead and uh, use local um, labor uh, for the construction of this project, if, if at all possible? Uh, we've identified Alpha Roofing and AirTech and Lynn Electric, okay. all local businesses, to be partners in this project. And it is, for those three vendors, quite a large project because there will be complete roof replacement, all new electrical and mechanical systems. Thank you. Follow up on that. Are those companies women or minority owned? Are those companies women or minority owned? Please, yeah, come up to the microphone. Checking to see if anybody knew, and we don't on those three companies in particular. Okay, any other questions? I had a couple questions, one for uh, Sam. Sam, in your explanation of this process, you were saying that after us, it'll go to the county and the school board to identify their participation. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, the item you're voting on tonight is the ordinance, um, which includes the NRA plan as an exhibit, which is essentially the development agreement. Um, so the, city, the county and the school board still have to kind of agree on their level of participation. What's being brought to them is essentially a, you are going to see this item after the city commission has approved the ordinance to establish the NRA, because if the NRA isn't established, then they don't have to really do anything because mm -hmm. we're the 
official starting body. Um, so it's essentially telling them in a few weeks, as long as the city commission approves it, you're going to see this item um, that's going to have, it's a cooperative agreement um, that's going to say you're going to have this level of participation for this many years at this percentage. Um, and then the uh, city manager, the county manager, and the school board president will sign off on that cooperative agreement. Does that answer your question? or? It does. So okay. in the rare chance that one of those entities don't agree with the conditions of the ordinance, what, is that, what does that process look like? Um, is there any, I mean, the ordinance is, I would say, pretty, if I can pull up the item. So, I mean, I'll, while I'm looking, the ordinance is not what really decides the level of participation. It's the NRA plan. So is that kind of what you're getting, if they don't yes. agree with the cities? Yeah, so if they, um, let's say the city tonight approves at 65% and the county says we want to participate at 50%, mm -hmm. that's kind of their decision. That's as their, you know, as the taxing jurisdiction as the governing body. Right. Um, at that point, uh, I think it will be up to the applicant um, to determine if that level of participation from that governing body will allow the project to move forward. Um, and then as it keeps going, um, it'll go to the school board and then they'll decide and then it comes back to the city commission. Um, so you will kind of agree to your level of participation and then the cooperating agreement will kind of bind all of you to that. So each of the entities could potentially have agreements that don't comply with what we decide on. And I think that's the part I wanna make sure community is aware of, that whatever we decide on may not be, may or may not be what a school district or a county commission decides on. Correct, yeah, the, the plan that's in there, that's in the, um, in the agenda items tonight is more of like a draft, um, because it still ha if there are changes, it will need, the plan will need to be replaced um, in the exhibit for the ordinance. Um, but yes, so it, right now it's saying 65% for all, but that could change depending on um, as the city, as the county and the school board see these items, what level they choose to participate or will intend to, in, uh, intend to agree to. Okay. Another question I had was of the eight projects that are currently under NRA, I know this was a question I sent to staff and I do apologize for it being a wee bit late, um, however we define late. Uh, but could you, I asked, what I wanted to know was what was the rebate, um, what was the rebate, what was the rate of the rebate in the length of time? Because we're, what is being proposed to us tonight is a 65 at 15 years. I was just wanting to know what were the rates of those other eight projects. Yeah, so um, I have the table printed out. I'll just use this as kind of a reference. Um, so the only other two projects the city currently has that are at 15 years are Nine Dell Lofts and Penn Street Lofts. Um, those are both uh, infill affordable housing projects in the Warehouse Arts District in East Lawrence. Um, all of the other projects have 10-year agreements. Um, the percentage rebate kind of ranges between all of the types of projects. Um, we're looking at mainly between 85 and 95 as the kind of standard for most of these projects. Some of them have unique conditions, but that's what we're looking at. 
Okay. And the two, the Penloff and Nindell Loft, those 15 years, do we know if those um, are those LIHTC projects? Low-income housing tax credit projects? Correct. And are they at a 15-year or are they at a 30-year? I believe um, with the LIHTC credits, they, it, you're talking about binding them to, I believe they're both bond, uh, bound to 30-year limits. Okay. Or, Any other questions from, from the commission on this item? Nope. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. All right, if no more questions, we'll open it up to public comment. Any public comment on this item? Hello again, my name is Katie Welsh. I live at 732 Rhode Island, right across the street from the Borders building. Um, I just wanted to say, um, Firstly, we were not the neighbors that sued. It was some people who lived in the Hobbs-Taylor loft, yes. some very wealthy people, and it wasn't us across the street. I'm also very pleased that Mr. Compton um, is going to preserve the Donnelly livery stable wall, which was all that Borders was willing to save of that building, so that's great. Um, uh, and on your question, Commissioner, um, typically the county commission and the school board um, uh, vote for this. I mean, they usually just vote for it. But if they decide not to participate, um, they can. And our our stance is that if they're not bringing family housing and kids into the east side to help keep our schools open, it's not helping. So, for the record, um, okay. I attended the recent Public Incentives Review Committee. This time the committee members asked thoughtful questions and considered the agenda items carefully. I concur with Towns Peterson, the KU professor that sent you a letter asking you not to approve the NRA incentive. This, the, Mr. Compton's building has been vacant for years and not maintained. If he was low income and didn't have the money to maintain it, I would understand. I don't think this is the case. Empty houses are not healthy for neighborhoods. Empty commercial buildings are not good for commerce and the community at large. There are some cities that have dark building ordinances. I'm sure you've heard of these. Um, after a certain amount of time, if a commercial building is left vacant, um, the owner is fined for leaving it vacant, not helping the community. Because we are in an affordable housing crisis and should Mr. Compton decide to include housing in his project, I would once again urge him to work with tenants to homeowners who are eager to have affordable housing downtown. When they work with you, they maintain their apartments, they handle the finances and would just give Mr. Compton a check. Um, it could be affordable family housing. Um, I'm trying to hurry. I lost my place. I was uh, on the downtown grocery committee for five years when we struggled, as some of you know, to, with all kinds of grocery stores to bring a unit to this um, building. Um, Price Chopper wanted you guys, they wanted the city and the taxpayers to build out the whole inside, the freezers and stuff, which was crazy. Um, there is a grocery store that opened in Topeka Beautiful North Topeka Latino neighborhood paid for by the Kansas Health Foundation out of Wichita. Mm -hmm. So there is hope. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Other public comment on this item from the audience? Hi, this is Chris Flowers, and um, 
I'm just I'm kind of against um, the NRA, the 65 percent um, NRA, because um, I don't think it was approved by uh, PERC. Um, so I, I'm just. I'm just wondering how come businesses, why can't they go into PERC with a lower amount and then if PERC approves it, they, they come here and ask for more. I don't, I don't think y'all would approve it if they did it that way. But I, I just, I think that's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say shady, but I, I, like what's the purpose? They go there and they ask for this and they get told no and then they come here asking for less. So. I don't, I, like, what, what's the purpose of that? Like, I mean, you, you don't have someone saying you should be giving them this money, as I, I don't believe right now. So, um, and, the, oh yeah, um, what happens if you, if you don't approve the NRA? Do you think this project will still be built? Um, I mean, do you think if you don't approve the, the, the incentives, will the company just stay the same size and they'll just turn down business saying, hey, we can't grow because they wouldn't give us public incentives for, for this building? Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not, necessar I'm not necessarily saying I'm against it in the future. I'm just saying I would want uh, PERC approving um, these public incentives before uh, you approve them. Thank you. Other public comment on this item? Rebecca Murphy. I'm here to understand why the city of Lawrence has the money to give Doc, Doug Compton First Management a 65% tax break for 15 years to refurbish and build a new corporate head headquarters building, but they do not have the funds to replace sidewalks in this city and just expect a homeowner to have money to replace the sidewalks on their property. I was sent a letter over a year ago and told I needed to replace sidewalks on my property. And I spoke to Anthony and he let me know and I let him know that I don't have money for this and I was told, I believe, that I could make payments. This wasn't helping my situation. To my surprise, about three months ago, I see my yard dug up and new sidewalks being put in. Called Anthony again and let him know I had not authorized this because I thought when I received that letter there was a list of contractors who I never contacted. I thought I was supposed to contact and pick the contractor to come out, which I never did. And then he was telling me something about I was supposed to have received three letters within a year letting me know what they were going to do. That never happened. So I'm asking this commission to think about how you are spending our tax dollars. Just how is the tax, just how is this tax break going to benefit the community? Oh, because he is going to hire 15 people and pay them $50,000 to $120,000 a year. Is that helping the community? Sounds like we're help we are helping pay his employees. Does he even offer affordable housing? Does he accept vouchers? Does he offer housing to, to or for the poor, low income, and seniors of, in the community? From the reviews that I've read, um, does not sound like first management is a good landlord. 
I just ask that you think, I just ask this commission that you think about all the residents in this community and that we all need a tax break. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, good evening. Um, and I'm not familiar with all of the numbers as far as the financials go of the project. And I don't know if too many people in here are. Could you give me your name, please? Uh, my name is John Crenshaw, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much money the city's currently making in property tax off of that building, but I'm going to guess it's under $100,000. Once he has this building put in place, another $4 million, $6 million invested, I'm sure that number is going to go up. This is not a, from what I understand, it's a 15-year NRA, so it's not a lifetime one. And if you think about that, it sat vacant for 11 years. Let's say a building like this was put in place 11 years ago. Well, this NRA would almost be done. On top of that, the money that was generated from those additional employees that were brought in, the additional revenue that's brought in from business and clients and other companies that see this and maybe want to come and be like, okay, the city of Lawrence is not anti-business. We can make more deals and work downtown as well. I think the amount of money that's generated from that is going to more than offset the cost of this NRA and is going to bring more business downtown and it's going to be able to allow the city to have more money to fund things like better sidewalks, better streets and affordable housing. So I think that the ramifications of it extend far beyond just the tax break and I for one I'm very pro-business. I'd like to see more places open and thriving downtown in the city of Lawrence and not just an eyesore that's been on the corner of a prominent building for as long as I've lived here. So uh, that's all I had to say. Thank you, John. Thank you. Uh, hi. Hi. I'm Bonnie Castro, and I'm uh, a provider that supports people with mental health issues, substance use, and all kinds of other things. Um, I've also worked in Kennedy, Missouri for a long time, 20 years with that population. So I want to say today with this property or any other properties that you guys yeah. um, <laughs> have, I would like to see something, a building for people who are homeless, they can go to nine to five, they go there, they get services, their staff there all day long that can do intakes and connect them to the, the local resources that you do have in the community. I'm just going to try to stick to the agenda item. So, Please do. Yeah. Um, so if, if some place could be built for that, um, I think it will alleviate a, a lot of other issues that is happening at the city. Um, I've seen these... I've seen examples in Kansas City where they built these service centers. There are several of them, actually, because the population is so huge uh, with homeless people. They're vital to the community. Um, and so I would just like to see a building actually dedicated, not just at Burton Ash or you know, a room in a, another building at the shelter or something, and, and like a whole dedicated building for this with staff that are licensed and can support people with everything they're going through while they're homeless. I'm done. Thank you. Hi, my name's Linda Roby, and I live here in Lawrence. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, 
I, it seems to me like this is a really high rebate to give, as some of our, some other folks have mentioned. You know, it feels like we're subsidizing a development, and not all of us are going to benefit from that subsidy. And I know for myself, I'd like to have a rebate on my taxes as well, and I think all of us may feel uh, similarly. So I just wanted to come up and say, I think that this, this is a really high rebate. It's not that I'm against any kind of rebate. I think it's very high. And that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Other public comment on this item from the audience? If not, we'll go to Zoom. Jonathan Oliva. Hello, can you guys hear me all right? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> okay. Um, so I think you guys should vote against this. Um, this building has sat empty for 11 years. Um, Doug Compton himself has said he, he has partly owned it for at least eight years. Um, and in that time, it's been, uh, you know, they haven't done anything to maintain it. Um, so why now should the city and the taxpayers foot the bill for his allowance to let a building decay? Um, and, you know, he said that, you know, uh, they want to build this building or they want to renovate this building to bring in employees downtown. Jonathan? downtown anyways for, for food and stuff like that. Um, you know, and as someone who's worried about the, the local downtown business uh, and, you know, the, the revenue and stuff like that, you know, I, I don't think he was very worried about that whenever he was a proponent of the West Side Walmart. Um, whenever, you know, a Walmart comes into an area, they have a a tendency to shut down local mom and pop businesses um, and depress a lot a, of local business. Um, so I don't think that was a very business friendly decision of him. And as you know, a wealthy individual who owns a zebra and a menagerie of other exotic animals, I don't think that he really needs this money to you know uh, help him renovate this building. And it would be a lot better served um, elsewhere, like in affordable housing or anywhere else. Thank you. Jeremy Roth Cashel. Jeremy. Your mute is on. Okay, can yep. you hear me? Yes, we can now. Okay, thank you. This is Jeremy Roth Cushell. This appears to be uh, more same old, same old in Lawrence. Developer domination, so-called developer domination of public interests, public resources, very uh, ironic at the same meeting that uh, the clear intent to try to whittle down even more of the democratic uh, in input of the people is being pursued. This is why we need to look at the way that we actually hold land and, and then collect taxes. 
in, in this city and this county because this is the same old story. Basically, these sort of derelict uh, landowners sit on property for over a decade, pass it from hand to hand, whether it's the west side of Lawrence, wait for there to be millions and millions of dollars of public tax investment of infrastructure or of recreational taxes, for example, and then to come in and uh, scoop up more of the hard-earned uh, tax money of the average uh, Laurentian and then call it some kind of economic driver. I'm also pro-business. This is not business. This is vulturism under the guise of, the, of commerce of some sort. So you should deny this. This, this is also the fact that the, the city commission is putting this front and center on your agenda when it was largely rejected by those who uh, looked at this very carefully, right? So this, is, this should be soundly rejected and we should use this once again as an example of why we want to expand the power of we the people, our deliberative input, and we should also look at the way that we actually hold land. We should look into the best of the American tradition, Henry George, land uh, value taxes, not property taxes, and we should uh, punish derelict landowners who sit on land and then try to reap the benefits many, many years later, force them to poop or get off the pot instead of holding land that's crucial for us to actually develop downtown uh, livability and real economic drivers. Thank you. Any other public comment on this item on Zoom? That's all the comments, Mayor. All right. Bring it back to the commission for a discussion. Open, the, open it to discussion. Mm. I guess I can start. Um, I say a couple things. Um, first, I'd say to Ms. Castro, our, our plan, our, a homeless plan, does include building three service centers. And so I hope we will get to that, where we'll have some service centers, um, much like you're talking about. So, side note. Um, I guess I, I do appreciate the, the 65 percent, 15 years, 65 percent. Um, I'm going to support this. Uh, you know, I think the staff set out the reasons why it, um, you know, why the staff recommended um, recommendations. Obviously, they looked at our economic development policy. It meets our economic development policy. It meets our rate of return. It meets our downtown master plan. Um, and, and, you know, that's obviously what staff is looking at. I would say bigger picture, I am um, you know, very excited about our future of our downtown, and um, but one of the things we need to continue to have downtown is employment centers. We don't have a lot of employers downtown. Um, you know, the bank tower I work in used to have, you know, close to 150, 200 employees, and we're now down to like 60 employees in the building, um, and we don't have too many major employers downtown, and we need we need more of them. When I think about what's about to come, you know, six months from now, we could have, you know, the World Company building under construction with office, with retail, with restaurants. We have Turn Hall as an event center and restaurants. We have the lot on Vermont, you know, next to Carnegie with retail and um, 
living apartments above it. We have the Allen Press property with the 55-year-old affordable housing project as well as the retail on the corner. Um, and you add this project to the list. You think about buildings, the general world's been empty, the Allen Press building's been empty, the Borders bookstore's been empty, and we have an empty lot. We have the Turnhall building that's been empty. We have, we, you know, we're gonna have six major projects to turn empty buildings into um, thriving um, properties in our downtown. And that to me is exciting. Um, the World Company might have some office to it, I understand, but the rest don't really have office components, which is fine. I mean, not downtown doesn't have to be all office, but this is an office project that I think will fit right in to that as fits into our downtown master plan. And I'm excited about that. And I think it meets our criteria. And so I look forward to the, to the project happening. Uh, yeah, I would second that as well. I would, I'm going to be supporting it. Um, uh, and some of the reasons are that, uh, you know, the NRA went down from 90% to 65%, which is optimal. Um, and also, uh, you know, we would still re retain um, the, the base property taxes from it. Uh, it would just apply to those taxes on top of that. Um, and additionally, you know, I really appreciate you involving local labor with that uh, in this building as well, bringing employment to downtown, as Commissioner Finkeldye said, which is vitally important. Getting people to work and live downtown is incredibly important. Um, and one thing as well is it will be adding to our commercial tax space, which hopefully will leave some of the burden on our residents, um, which we're trying to do as much as we can at, at, at times when we can. So we realize that uh, we're a little bit upside down on that, and we need to go ahead and rectify that. So, um, And last, um, the efforts of uh, first management to go ahead and try to retain the historic character of the building, I really appreciate. So all those are things why I'm supporting it. Here, real quick, I have a question. Yep. Um, it might be for Sam or legal. I'm just curious as far as the resolution to set up our NRA. Do we not? I know that most communities have a standard to not exceed 10 years at certain rates, depending on if it's, if it's residential or commercial. Do we have that information as far as when we established our NRA? What, were, what was the criteria for that? what our criteria is? No, so the economic development policy for the city of Lawrence does not set any kind of parameters or limits in terms of an applicant's request for either percentage or time period of the rebate. Okay, thank you. That was all, Mayor. Is that it? Okay. you have anything no. you want to add? You want to go? Go ahead. <laughs> um... I actually think uh, what Commissioner Finkel Dye brings up, this list of developments that are happening right now, is a really good list of reasons why this is an unnecessary um, application of this. I think it would be a misapplication of these programs. Um, neighborhood revitalization. There's not really anything dilapidated about, dilapidated about this. It is surrounded by large and responsible ownership. Um, it isn't as though land downtown will be decreasing in value anytime soon. Um, as a landlord, I have been extremely frustrated by the narrative painted um, here and at Perk. Um, 
roof and electricity, those are basic things that you take care of as part of your asset. It is not the responsible responsibility of the renters. That is your basic asset. Um, the idea that the taxpayer should in some way um, alleviate that burden from you is unknown to me. And I absolutely hear some of what the public is saying. It would be an insult, frankly, to many of the downtown, home, uh, downtown building owners and business owners who have scrapped it out with absolutely no help from anyone else. Um, and I, you know, just by way of answering the technical questions, I, I did look at that. I roundly reject most of them. Um, I would not have supported this um, staff regardless of the percentage. Um, I do believe most of these jobs are already patronizing downtown. And I'm glad that they would love to work downtown. Most people would, and then they're welcome to do that. Uh, but I don't believe that there should be any um, special consideration given to this business um, uh, for the use of a space that they have clearly owned for over 10 years. So there's this is this is a great pr project from all I can tell. Um, there's I have a few problems with with uh, a couple of items on it. I, 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 you know, I'm appreciative that uh, Mr. Compton is is willing to continue to invest in our downtown. I, I appreciate that very much. So I'm definitely going to support the IRB. I'm struggling with the NRA because um, the bottom line for me is that the NRA is generally reserved for those properties that, that are dilapidated, and you hear that common theme throughout the entire um, report that was was added to our agenda um, but it's it's become dilapidated but the owner has let it become dilapidated so I really struggle with providing um, taxpayer assistance when the owner itself has has allowed it to get into this shape so um, the return ratio is 1.14 which generally um, historically the ones I voted on are we want them to be at least 1.25 and I don't see that on this one so I will support the IRB but I will not support the NRA I would say I probably need to be timed on this because I may go over three minutes, but I, I want to be a little bit perspective and academic at the same time. Um, our NRA is part of an opportunity zone. This is probably not the best opportunity zone to do residential and commercial projects under NRA. Um, I wasn't here when the resolution to create our NRA policy was enacted. There's flaws in it, um, just like there are flaws in the Opportunity Zone um, legislation that was passed in 2017, but I'm not getting paid to do a TED Talk on that, um, just being paid to be a commissioner. So you have a census track for an Opportunity Zone that we utilize in NRA, an incentive, a smart incentive, to support building of, of, of elevating blight and dilapidation in a, in a specific track. Lawrence is a little bit different where blight doesn't necessarily look like blight in a Detroit downtown major metropolitan. Our blight looks a little bit different. Dilapidation looks a little bit different. So I challenge our defined terms of dilapidated. Is the building really dilapidated? Is it really blight? Eh, it's a little place. 
um, the track that it's in is a little bit hanky as far as having residential and commercial in it. There are many municipalities within the state of Kansas who have NRA programs that separate out incentive for residential as well as incentive for commercial. Um, this is a commercial piece that sits very close to a residential piece. And so it would make sense to challenge that piece of saying, why not make it this? It should be this. If that is not a, if the developer is not a residential developer, they're a commercial developer, you can't force them to do a commercial piece, a residential piece and a commercial piece when there's a side for that. So I think we're conflating a little bit of two things where there are two different tracks. There's a residential track for NRA that many municipalities utilize. We utilize it at an 80% for Looks like we did about 15 years for Dell and Penn. So we did a little bit longer for the residential pieces. Now for the commercial ones, so for six out of two of those eight, they were residential at a longer period of time of 15 years. Then we have six commercial that are at a 10 year time with a higher rebate. So um, all within a census tract that is deemed an opportunity zone for residential and or commercial. So. There's a lot of moving parts in this. Um, I recognize that there was a working down and a renegotiating of the rebate um, for this, which I do appreciate because of the length. The length of this for commercial is way longer than the precedence that was set from previous six projects. Um, so that needs to be taken into consideration. And I took that into consideration to think about why would that be. Looking at the but-for analysis, I kind of had some indication as to why the need was to extend it past the 10 years, which is what we've seen with most commercial um, that was approved in our community. So um, this is, there are nuances to this program. I'm not saying our NRA program is the best policy, incentive policy. It is something that is working. Opportunity Zone is not a great policy. Um, hopefully it won't be reauthorized in 2026. Um, but this project does things that under what it is intended to do, it does. Um, there are opportunities within this census tract to do the very thing of housing. Um, and I do believe that we have some opportunities that I know Commissioner Fingledye didn't share that we know could potentially come on the pike downtown as it relates to, to housing and specifically to affordable housing um, that is to be continued. So just wanted to give that little nugget piece on my rationale for this project. You know, discussion on this item? So I will close the public hearing. We don't need to vote on that, right, Sherry? That's right. And ask for a motion. <clears throat> I think we'll need to divide it up. Okay, are we? Is that an option? I just wanna make it be clear. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two, I mean, there's two separate items, uh, or not, separate items, but there's the resolution of intent and then there's the ordinance. The ordinance pertains to the NRA and the NRA. Correct. IRB. The resolution of intent is for the IRB yeah. and the ordinance is for the NRA. So we can divide it up on those two that, that way. Correct, Sam? Okay. We can make two motions. Yeah, I mean, 
more of a Sherry question, I would think. But yeah, you yeah, if if you wanted if someone wanted to consider those items separately, then yeah, you would make a motion for okay. one and then the other. So I'd ask that we separate those out. Yeah, I'd move to adopt on first reading ordinance number ninety nine forty establishing the revitalization area and approving the NRA. Second. Have a first and second. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Nay. Nay. It passes three to two. And move to adopt resolution of intent number 7450, authorizing industrial revenue bond financing for the purpose of accessing a sales tax exemption on project construction materials. Second. I got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Nay. Passes four to one. Okay. Good. Yep, the item will be back for second reading on August 15th. Got it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Okay, on to um, commission items. Um, I would like to start out with KT Walsh asked um, during, we'll wait till these folks get out. Hang on, KT. That's okay. Hang on. I'll get, I'm going to wait till they get out. Okay, so KT Walsh asked earlier about the city doing a survey and the East Norris neighborhood would like to know why. Can we get a hold of them and discuss that? Would that, would that be okay? Okay, thank you very much. And then I have another um, <coughs> commission item um, and that deals with the order of our, our um, agenda. I am proposing that we um, change the order of our agenda to reflect a move in the public comment to the end of the meeting and to do public comment only on the first Tuesday of the month. And the last item is to designate a specific area where filming can occur. So those are the three items I'm proposing. I'd be in favor. Can you repeat those again? Yeah, move the public comment to the end of the meeting. Do the public comment only on the first Tuesday of the month. And designate a, a filming area where um, community, community members can actually film the, the, the process here. I don't support the first one, but I support the other two. Sorry, did you, I didn't catch that. What was that? I said I, su I don't support the first uh, suggestion, but I do support consideration for the other two. Okay. Other commissioners? I guess, I, I mean, I suppose moving the public comment to the end and not so much limiting it to the first Tuesday. But if we're not going to move it to the end, then I might... Be willing to consider the first Tuesday. <laughs> um, so I guess that's where I'm at. Okay. What about the third one? The filming area. I'm interested to know more about that. I mean, I'm all. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been receiving comments about where the filming is occurring not that we don't want it to occur but just it'd, it'd be nice to have just a designated area where anybody who wants to film can can be there out of the way of the of the general area here I think I agree with Commissioner Finkeldye I uh, 
could be persuaded of, of either one or two, but I'm not sure about both. <coughs> but the third one is that oh, what that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, we did have early problems with that um, people standing directly in front of the door, which was a safety hazard. Yeah. Um, not necessarily so much now. People generally figure out not to stand in front of a door, um, but yeah, it would be helpful. So on items one and two, you're okay with? Is that what I heard? Well, or? I would say I could. I would either agree to move public comment to the end, or only do it on the end of the month, but not both. Okay. Got it. So where we're at, we got um, we've got uh, at least three of us that would um, be willing to move it to the end, but not or th or. I'm sorry, Commissioner Sellers, you'd indicated you weren't for, for number one, is that right? That's correct. Okay. No. So y'all don't want to hear from the public at all? I, I, I know I'm probably not supposed to talk. No, sir, yeah. We're, right now we're in discussion with the commission. No, that's not the case at all, but um, listen. Um, so what I understand is I've got um, at least four commissioners that are um, okay for having the public comment at the end of the meeting. Is that what I hear? We're not I think angry. it goes back to Commissioner Finkeldy's point that it's it's like a, a but for if and so I mean for the sake of the argument if if we have an imbalance of those that are wanting to test the waters or hear feedback as far as how often we hear public comment and where we hear public comment then we might as well package both of those together I think I the filming area is non sequitur to what public comment is so we can separate out those two we can bring them together as a commission as a as a manager's work I don't know it's just I feel like we're at this point we're fighting but fours and if the idea is to look I would say to have a have staff come back and provide options to us as far as where public comment and best practices for that. I think you leave it at that. I think you're, we're trying to hamstring everyone to say where their position is on something when you have more, it's more broad and more open to just say, let's have a conversation about if and when and where we have public comment. Yeah. Because that seems to be the, over, the through line to all of this. It's about if and when and whether or not we want to have public comment during commission meetings. So I think if we, phrase it in that space, I'm more apt to wanting to hear about all the different things and not say, decide whether or not we want to do it this way or this way. Yeah. Because that creates, that creates a binary faction that it sounds like not, I don't want to deal with that right now. I'd rather have staff bring the report to us and we discuss it and have converse about it like we typically do on agenda items. Yeah, that would, I mean, I, my assumption was that we would decide here the general direction we want to go and then have staff bring back to us. But it, I mean, I don't want to make that decision right now. I'd rather, I think the general direction is to have staff bring back like they have before directions on how to conduct public comment. Okay, got it. And leave it at that. Yep. What are our thoughts? I'm fine with that. I think that's... I'm fine with that as yeah. well. And it, it sounds like that the third item is something that we were all good on, at least. So it would be the first two items that would 
warrant this further discussion. Yeah. Can I just get clarification that we're talking yes. about general public comment? Yes, we are just talking about general public comment. I'm yeah. sorry about that. I did not clarify. We're not talking about any any commenting on the regular agenda items. Those so the general public comments. Yes. Yeah. Whether that changes the order on the agenda and how often. Correct. Uh, if that will happen on every meeting or just a specific meeting of the month, or or what, whatever options. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And those are neither of those things are items that would need to be included in the resolution. You all could just give us direction to do that, whether yeah. you want to do that tonight or at a future meeting. Yeah. Well, I had I my thought on that was that we would discuss tonight what we're doing right now, and then we'd bring it back for a uh, onto a regular agenda item for a direction from the commission. So. Is everybody good with that? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do. Is that clear enough, Tony? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you have a time frame that you want it brought back in this month, or? I think it'd be better just to get her get it on the agenda as soon as possible. Okay, possibly next week. Yeah. And we should be able to do it next week because this is information that we've discussed, I think, in September and October. So it would probably be the same information that we would provide back to you. I don't imagine there's been a lot of change in how other cities are doing this, so. Okay. Right. But we'll certainly look at that. Correct. Any other commission items? I was just going to say real quick, um, Co Commissioner Sellers and Vice Mayor Lowe, John and I were at the um, school board ran rack um, which is the private fiber network that they launched today. And we had taken some action on that by giving um, some waivers to fees they paid to us. Um, and so, of course, it's interesting that they, you know, basically now our school district has their own private network, which will increase their speed and so forth. But the kind of interesting thing they announced is they're working on creating their own 5G network to provide all students and staff a private 5G network so that they can work from home on on their projects and work. It'd be protected just like the other projects. Mm. But getting that out to the community um, so that our students, um, all our students, would have better broadband access is very exciting. So I just was very impressed by that. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a long way to go. They're not there yet. but. I was I was excited to hear that, and I think that'll be great for our community. We'll be, I think, one of the few that have that. I concur. I concur. Awesome. I appreciated the comments on from Commerce Department of Commerce on how much the project leveraged multiple different resources, and how it was able to not just be dependent on general funds, but to leverage state dollars and federal dollars. To reach that goal so that was exciting sometimes we don't always hear about the infrastructure projects with much glam but this was exactly something that was exciting it was, it was great to be there any other commission items oh i did have one i don't know how to deal with this exactly brandon um you know north lawrence has wanted a quiet zone 
for many years and there was a lot of work done that Diane did, I know, and I think probably you know a little bit about it. And you know, the federal government's just shifting all kinds of money towards the state uh, to do that. And when we were at the um, National League, um, you know, I'd been to a couple things about how they're making that easier and making that easier for cities to do. And it honestly just sounds like someone needs to get on a website and do it. Um, so I don't know how to, um, move that into a space where a staff member does it like publicly we prioritize it it may not be that hard since some of the work has already been done so I just wondered if you could maybe help me navigate that and if you just need two of us to agree <laughs> um, to um, put that in a pile somewhere because I, I, it doesn't look to me like it would take too much energy yeah, we can we can look at that and um Sorry. We can look at that and provide a report back to the commission about what it would take, kind of what the path forward. Um, I do think there potentially could be a substantial capital budget impact, but if there's grant opportunities for that, we can maybe look into it. Yeah. About that. Well, of course, we have someone who can look at that for us now. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you. And there's just. Okay. Any other commission items? If not, we'll move on. And yep, just want to make sure, is there interest among the commission for a report oh. like that? We just put it on managers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, yes. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Sherry. Okay. On to meetings. Anything to add to the calendar? or That's take city manager's yeah. report. Oh, yeah, city manager's report. Sorry about that. Yep, and we'll just keep it brief, um, get you out of here. Yeah. Uh, several items, and we do have staff in attendance if there are any questions about those items. Any questions on the city manager's report from the commission? If not, we'll open it to public. This is a public um, comment um, item, so we'll open it up to public comment. Anybody from the room? If not, Zoom. None on Zoom? Yes, I can Oh, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. I submitted a written public comment regarding future agenda items. Could you please read that? That's my three minutes. Thank you for your consideration. No, it's the one in out. Package. package related yeah. to the plastic bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The plastic bags will be coming back. Yep. I've requested that you not put that on um, the agenda because the city commission voted on that recently and voted to not adopt uh, an ordinance. And I would uh, ask that you consider some uh, more innovative initiative that invites, engages, and encourages the community to participate rather than continuing this discussion, which has gone on and on and on and on. Thank you for your consideration. I, I'm speaking for my brother, John, who can't speak, as well as for me and my family. We've heard about this issue on and on and on, and I just ask that it not be put on the agenda again. I don't understand why it would be. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else on Zoom? No, Mayor. Okay. On to meeting list. I would just say real quick on the city manager's report. I'm. Thank you for the transcription of city commission meetings and starting that process. I know we've been working on that for a while. 
Yep. And Cheryl, you've been working on that, and I think that'll be a, a good step forward. Yes, and we'll make sure that those are clearly marked. They'll be on the city commission page, you know, next to the meetings, and so people will be able to search those, and they'll be in that document center um, on our on our iCompass website. Okay. And uh, while I'm here, I, I just really quick add. Uh, I was just happy to see agenda item number three um, regarding uh, Captain Lexi Engelman. So um, mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, anything else on the city manager report? <laughs> that's okay. That's nothing. Okay, let's go on to, that's okay, meeting list. Um, Sherry, in yes. September, the week of the 18th, um, I think I'm supposed to do a ribbon cutting. I'll be in, I'll, I will be indisposed. Okay. So someone else will have to go get twisted. We'll uh, resend that out or we'll reach out to see who's available unless any of you are aware now that you're available. <laughs> okay. And I'm willing to flip-flop with someone. It's a ribbon cutting for wine. Okay, anything else on the calendar? Wine? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. <laughs> Just saying. And it's not on a Tuesday night. That's no, it's right? Thursday. It's always good. <laughs> okay, if nothing else on the calendar, I move. I want a motion to adjourn. So moved. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm sorry. I needs to be a second. Second. Oh. <laughs> Got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. Somebody said Brian's buying tacos for everyone. Mm -hmm. And Johnny's.